Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to that Chelsea podcast where Chelsea have just drawn with Bournemouth nil nil. Ah, yeah, it was a very frustrating afternoon. Join me to look back on that. I'm joined by Tom Overend. Tom, how are we doing, my man? Mate, that was one of the best nil nil draws I've ever seen in my life. It was end to end, loads of chances, you know, both teams could have won it. Exhilarating game of football. And I'm just... I'm just I'm just taking a deep breath. It was just an exhibition of champagne football on both sides. Not. Yeah, just to be yeah. I was gonna say thankfully you put the not at the end because I do not want people to get any confusion <laughs> with sarcasm. But yeah, it was uh pretty pretty dull. Some some missed chances from both sides. Um yeah, it was pretty frustrating. Um before we get into it, as I always do with guests, I get them to give themselves a plug. Tom, tell people where they can find you and all your stuff. Find me on Twitter at Tobis98. I'm also on the DR Sports Network now. Chelsea still haven't won when I've been on there on um, live watch-alongs. So that's always an experience for the old rival fans. But um, yeah, drop me a follow and um, you'll get some of my better views and some of my worst views, I guess. (laughs) But you'll get my views. That's for sure. Lovely, lovely stuff. Links will be in the description below. Right, yeah. Chelsea drew nil nil with Bournemouth. It was a very frustrating afternoon. I will kick it off and then I'll go, Tom. I did not have a huge amount to say. It was it was a lot better than Nottingham Forest, although the bar was pretty low to be better than Nottingham Forest. We did miss chances. Uh I think Connor probably should definitely put that chance away that he gets, you know. Jackson is for post. I thought him and Mudrick in the first half had some nice link-up moments and then that faded. 
second half. It was nice to know that Robert Sanchez's Robert Sanchez's arms and legs do indeed work. I thought he was very good today. He made important saves, and I thought big big Les big Leslie Ogachukwu starting because uh, Moises Caicedo picked up a knock on his national. I thought Les was really solid actually there today. I thought he was probably one of the best players on the pitch, but it was. An incredibly frustrating afternoon, Tom. Just give me your quick thoughts before we kind of dive into it. It was just, it was just really insipid. It was lethargic, and 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 exactly as you say, um, Nick. Just, just a very uninspiring performance. And and mate, if, if I'm being completely honest, okay, right. We 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 hit the post a couple of times. Sterling, that free kick was excellent. Um, and we had a couple of chances, but I'm I'm going to be honest here. I'm not sure it was a massive improvement on Forest. I I, you know, in defence, if it weren't for Robert Sanchez, I think we'd have conceded today. So I just sit here and I just think to myself, all is not well. And one of the issues I've just seen, and, and I'm just scrolling through my timeline. Obviously, this is about 15 minutes after the game ended. Seeing the away end booing the players, booing the players as they come over to applaud in the fifth league game of the season. It's not great, is it? No, it's not a not a good look. And to be fair, I do not, I do not blame them. But yeah, it was a very frustrating afternoon. Let's get into some brutal stats for you. Chelsea have only scored five goals in Premier League so far this season. Their fewest after five games of a top flight campaign since 1995-96. Also five when they finished 11th. Um, Since Graham Potter won his first two Premier League away games in charge of Chelsea v Crystal Palace and Aston Villa in October 2022, the Blues have only managed two further victories in 16 away matches in the competition. Drawn five, lost nine. And Maurizio Pochettino's wretched away record continues in the Premier League. Obviously, people remember how his Spurs side uh, to, at the end of his reign went a long time without winning. Mauricio Pochettino's last 14 away games as a manager in the Premier League. Read. Loss, 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 draw, draw, loss, 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 draw, loss, draw. There are, yeah, four draws and 10 defeats in his last 14 away games. Very frustrating. And for the first time in his career, Raheem Sterling has failed to win a game against Bournemouth. Um, yeah, it was just frustrating. I mean, Tom, for what's off, I did think we started quite lively. Like I couldn't fault the way we started. We were, I did like, but we won the ball back quite quickly at points in that first half. And to be fair, the first 60 minutes, I'm just like, I didn't mind to be fair. Like obviously what was lacking was, was the goal, but I thought we did at points when the, when the ball back quite quickly, we, as I said, I did like Jackson and Mudrick's link up in the first half. Mudrick, you know, Created, Mudrick obviously got that start on the on the left wing today, which was nice, and he did create chances for for players, um, but they unfortunately did not get put away. But uh, Tom, I think for me, what was most stunning was I just think we faded so much after that first 60, 70 minutes. I know towards the end the game got a bit end to end, but I thought Bournemouth really that last 20, 30 minutes they were beside more on top and more likely to score. It was just you know very frustrating how how much we faded towards the end of that game. Mate, I, I couldn't agree more. And we just lost control of it. And uh, I, I mean, I, I honestly would say we were lucky not to concede. And OK, Bournemouth might say the same. But Alan Smith on commentary made a really made a really telling line that 
kind of upset me a bit, but he but he is right. He said normally normally a team like Bournemouth, you know, you're expecting nothing from Chelsea, but today they wanna you know, they want more. This game's there for the taking. And he said that after seventy minutes. And it could well have been Bournemouth that came home with the bacon if you know if Robert Sanchez wasn't on top form. And for me, the issue with it is Chelsea seem to be relatively okay in in our you know in the first two thirds of the pitch when they're not being pressed, they're being put under no pressure at all. And then as soon as we hit the final third, there are sloppy passes. There's no movement. The players seem to just freeze. The play's too slow. And for that reason, it is so, so easy to just play a low block and you'll come out of a game against Chelsea with points. Honestly, it's it's so easy. Like, if I, if I had to advise a team how to play Chelsea, it's it, it's simple. All you do is you don't press them at all. You don't press us until you get the final third. Let them let them have all the ball. Let them get into the final third. Have a little bit of a medium press. They will lose the ball, make silly decisions. You could go up the pitch on the counter and you can win the game. It, it's so, so easy. You know? Mm. Yeah. No, it was, it was just... Frustrating. Look, it's worth knowing Chelsea did have, you know, I think there's like 12 absentees today. Obviously, Caicedo came back not fit. Um, you know, there are there are players missed. That was a very youthful bench we had there. And there were not, you know, obviously, Nani Madueke was unavailable. There were not many exactly senior options on the bench. And I think that was kind of reflected in the subs that the subs we saw were Cole Palmer, Ben Chilwell, and Ian Matson. When the rest, when two of the other players on there were backup goalkeepers and then, you know, a bunch of the academy guys and um, David Washington. But even so, I just thought it was just, yeah, it was just rubbish. Like, let's, it were nice, I said, for me, but just a reason I feel more positive about it than for us, because for what we did actually create decent chance, obviously Cole Palmer has a good chance when he comes on, he's got to score. Like, against Forrest, we basically, in for my way of mind, created about one or two chances. Like, we did create a bit more today. It wasn't massively more, but it was significantly improved in, well, I do agree that actually... But something I'd say, Nick, right, and, and I'm sorry for jumping in here, but you talk about Cole Palmer, right? I watch video on video of him taking these lovely shots that, that hit the top corner in training. He gets a perfect chance, and instead he rolls an overweighted ball to Sterling when he had the perfect chance to just curl the ball into the top corner, like he does he gets, in training. Yeah, and then he gets the ball back, and then he sort of just... I don't know, taps the ball. It's a very odd, yeah, very odd moment. And Liam Toomey kind of brought up a point. He said, tweet, a few weeks ago in a Manchester City so mm. Cole Palmer would have just opened up his body there and called a shot towards a far post without a second thought. Why do all these guys become so indecisive as soon as they get to Chelsea? It's bizarre. But it was just frustrating. And ultimately, when you... And I, you know, made this point to people just talking in various groups over the international break. Unfortunately for Chelsea, there's not a lot of experience up front in this side, bar Raheem Sterling. There's not a lot of goals in this side, sort of bar Raheem Sterling. And I think it is kind of, it is just kind of telling the, the way we kind of hold on to the ball sometimes too long at points. So just 
the, the tepid nature of our sheen. Honestly, I think the reason, the only reason this game, because I think there were chances in this game for both sides to score. The reason it was nil nil is because both sides that was some of the probably some of the worst set of finishing you'll see in, in the league. I want to obviously Robert Sanchez was very good today, but I feel like pretty much 14, 15 other sides, if they have that Dom Solanke chance in the second half, that's a goal. Like I do think you, today you just also saw a reflection of two sides that are pretty poor in front of goal, but it, no, it was, it was just frustrating. It was unspotted. And, and the reason it's just annoying is we had to sort of stew on this for, for two weeks after the very frustrating nature of the forest result. And then yesterday, you know, we kind of been seeing sort of potential contenders for the top four and top six win their games. And we have our opportunity today away at Bournemouth and we don't take advantage and it, it is just frustrating that, yeah, but but where we find ourselves in right now, particularly, I guess, as well as the early optimism that we did see in those first three games, really, there was a lot to like in those first three games. And in these last two games, there has been a lot less to really like and enjoy about performances. Even as said, I think today was better than the Nottingham Forest game, but that really is not saying much. <sighs> Look, I said, Tom, Mikhail Madrid did get a start. And I, I do want to talk about him because he got 60 minutes. And I am i don't know if that 60 minutes is because of fitness or not. If it's fitness-wise, then fine. Otherwise, I found it a bit, slightly a bit confusing to take him off at 60 minutes, albeit maybe his, he had slightly, you know, gone a bit quieter as the game went on. But he got a start and like, he did create some chances for us. And I guess we didn't see Ben Chilwell in that, in that left sort of wing role, which is nice. And I, I guess, Tom, ultimately, just for you, because we, you know, it's been a, a hot you know, talking point on the pod for the last few weeks. We want to see someone like Mikhailo Mudrik on that left wing, don't we? Mikhailo Mudrik or Noni Madueke went for it, or Kopan. We, we want to see an attacker there because it wasn't much, but we did see signs that we looked more threatening with an actual out-and-out left winger. I agree with that. I mean, Mudrik, I, I can understand why he doesn't play games because he's raw and it shows that he's raw. But the thing is, you're not gonna you're not gonna make the guy into a better player if you don't give him starts and chances. And the thing is you do see you do see creativity, you do see directness with him. And he could have had two assists today, you know? And that's something which I see that that just that just is is an encouragement, right? What I would say though is Poch took a lot of fans, a lot of pressure off him by playing Madrid today. What I would like him to do is instead of playing Levi Colwell at left back, is put Chilwell in at left back or Martin or whoever. I, I don't want to get into a debate on that as in, you know, as to which, which to play, but play players in their natural positions. And I feel that the coach will get a lot more like a lot more of a pass from fans at performances like this, you know, because, because you say Midrick playing today, and even though it wasn't perfect, people are sat here and saying, you know, at least he's given him a go. And I agree with you. I mean, I reckon 60 minutes has to be for fitness really, because it was just, you know, I can't think of any other reason to say that. I'm kind of just sanely justifying it in my head. That's that's how I want to justify it. If I, if if it's for other reasons, I will kind of go slightly insane at Poch's thinking there. But yeah, and I think you mentioned point on Colwell. Like ultimately, he obviously is off, gets a goal ruled out for offside. That's from Raheem Sterling. 
free kick and it's just like at left back he can do a job at left back sure it's fine but it's just wasting him and I just think you put Chilwell at left back have Colwell at the left centre back and then it just allows you could just have that Chilwell sort of and Colwell and Mudrick on the left side sort of linking up Colwell and Colwell sort of peeing those balls in behind for you know for Mudrick to to get on at left back he just seems a bit wasted to me and I think this kind of brings up another point with you know on Thiago Silva really that he starts but I do kind of wonder, should we really, should, is he someone who should necessarily still be starting against, like, defensively, like, okay, fine today, but I just do think at points he just slows us down a bit on the ball at times. I just don't think he... You talk about Thiago. Yeah, and I'm just bringing a poch quote up here. He says, we were talking with Thiago to be more relaxed because sometimes the defensive player wants to help the team score and we need to be clever. Too many players are still learning, constructing a new team. And we need to improve. Okay, that's not really to do with his game. But I just think when you're looking at Tiago, like, there's just times he just does ponder on the ball just a bit too long. Like, oh. there's, not an, there's not a huge sense of urgency. And I look, I don't think Tiago Silva has necessarily done a huge amount wrong defensively in these like games so far. But I just think like he is 39, Potch, at the end of the day. And I know I will scream you know, for experience in this side, given how inexperienced attack is. But defence, we have actually got options there who I think can play and win ending up playing players out of position almost to sort of fit Thiago Silva into this mm. team. I don't oh, know. I mate. just kind of think that Thiago Silva, was he necessarily needs... I mean, I thought he was like fairly fine defensively, but I just think in helping us sort of progress in an attacking sense, like, I don't know. Does he need to be playing against Bournemouth? I don't know. I just... We'll see. Well, I mean, the, the thing for me is like, it's all well and good saying Chilwell should... Uh, saying Silva should relax. But the guy was just stood there with the ball pointing at other players because Bournemouth weren't pressing us. And I was just thinking, you know, if one player does that and starts, you know, starts with with the ball as if he's on the beach. And Sanchez, I do will say, Sanchez, I think, was guilty of that as well. Just there was a point like, I don't know, it may, may have been 10, 15 seconds where just literally Sanchez just had the ball and just nothing happened. Like, you could have just, you know, gone on, check your phone, check something and then come back to it and the ball would have still been where it was. And this was at nil-nil in the game. There was just not a sense of urgency. I know. I mean, I mean, Sanchez, I'm I'm less, I'm yeah. less inclined to criticise. And, look, I think and he... said he did his job today in goal. He made important saves. If it's, I agree, 100%. I'm not, that was just me being sort of minor picky point. But yeah, it's... Hmm. For me, I mean, with Thiago, I, I just sit here and think to myself... And 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 I, and I know I'll get naysayers telling me how I'm speaking nonsense. I've never watched football, and 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 you know, but I just don't think he should be being forced into the team anymore. I I just have to be honest with you because he is literally the the, the team is being built around him, and as you say, he's thirty nine. And he is not at this stage a player who needs, you know, who, who is good enough in the sense that who is going to improve us considerably by having a team built around him. Yeah, this is not really... like Chelsea two years ago where Thiago Silva was probably our best defender and was the most important. We've got now other defenders there who you who can fill in and, and do a role. And I think Thiago Silva's importance in this team has become less over the last two seasons, to be brutally honest. Like, I just don't see think he is as crucial. And I mean, even going back to last season, the high point of last season was Borussia Dortmund, and we won that title with Thiago Silva injured. 
like his yeah. importance in this team, I just think is becoming less. And I said, I've not necessarily got a huge amount to criticise him wrong, you know, with sort of defensive. I just think in terms of on the ball, just get people passing the ball. Just, oh, I just don't know how necessarily needed he is. And obviously, you know, we've still got players back, but then you've got, I mean, Badia Shile, when he comes back, I really hope it's for Thiago Silva and not for someone like Colwell or Dizazi. But we will have to wait I've and got, see. I, I've, I've got a stat for you, given that you mentioned um, Borussia Dortmund, um, because this will put into context just the scale of the kind of problem here. Chelsea have won six matches in all competitions in 2023. Yeah. Three of those were that week where we beat Leeds, Dortmund and Leicester in the space of about six days or seven days. So other than that one week where it looked like we might be all right under Graham Potter, it has been absolutely atrocious this season. Yeah, and then Um, there's two other wins, Luton and AFC Wimbledon, an unconvincing-ish win against AFC Wimbledon, yeah. So I I I think Luton, Wimbledon... And then maybe the Bournemouth away Bournemouth under Frank, season. yeah. Bournemouth under Frank, yeah. Which is also our last away win. <laughs> oh. so, yeah, look. It's just... Uh, I don't know, we're kind of sort of almost going around here. Look, Connor, Connor, Gall- Connor Gallagher captain beside, that was nice. I think just a nice, you know, continuation. And we'll kind of get on to Connor because there was a causal question sort of linking on that. But I thought it was nice, Connor captain beside. Industrious again today. You know, plays that really nice ball for Sterling, but Sterling then just completely mucks up in front of goal. Um, really misses it. Connor, I said, missed a chance, should score, but I thought he was fine. Enzo Fernandez was pretty quiet today, and that is kind of just reflected uh, that Enzo Fernandez, 56 touches in 80 minutes today, which is amongst basically his lowest sort of amount of touches sort of when playing 80 minutes or more, which just, you know, shows that he's not... Not really in the game as much. We just didn't really get the best out of him today. It was just a bit of an off day for for him. But it was, yeah, it was just frustrating to say Sterling, yeah, had a nice free kick. Again, sort of had some nice moments. Jackson, after, I thought, starting bright, quite brightly, just, again, faded really fast. I thought by the end, I, he was just offering nothing when he was on the pitch by the end of that game, unfortunately. And it was just, yeah, it was just frustrating. Cole Palmer comes on, missed a chance. It was just really frustrating. And look, this is the Chelsea side with a lot of players unavailable. I still think that Chelsea side today should be beating Bournemouth. It's capable of being Bournemouth. And look, if we have better finishing, maybe we are 2-0 up in that first 20, 30 minutes. But it's not. And I'm kind of fed up of, you know, saying if we put our chances away. It is very, very frustrating. Um, With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Going to move on to listener questions. And first one we got in is from Ryan Lloyd. Question for Tom, who has been very pro the new ownership and strategy. Thoughts on the very clear difference in wavelength. Poch shares with his bosses. Captain Gallagher com- continued uses of match continued continued usage of mats and both of which the hierarchy tried to push out i mean tom go ahead because this has been this has also been something that confused me a lot but essentially the we saw towards the last weeks that throughout the summer really but conor gallagher it just seemed that like he could go at any moment and yet we were seeing him play a pretty important role on the team whatever people's thoughts on conor gallagher are he's clearly quite important to potch your thoughts on, on, on that question Firstly, I just want to say to Ryan, it's a really good question. And actually, it's one one I've kind of had to think about since I saw him ask it online. And it's an interesting one. So, I mean, I I don't know what, you know, I don't know what's in the head of Poch and I don't know what's in the head of the owners. But it is interesting that obviously Poch joined and it was reported that he wanted a lot of reassurance on his power, on what he can and do and on the operations of the club. And you are right when people say that it is interesting that Gallagher was kind of, you know, seen as dispensable this summer um, and was, you know, perhaps for sale. All I would say is, I, I, you know, from what we all hear, the stories of Gallagher potentially going to Spurs on deadline day were really overblown, but no offer ever came in. Like it wasn't, it wasn't, a serious like a like a like a like a serious move or anything like that. So I don't know. I still believe that they are totally behind Poch. I believe that they are well they know that they can't get rid of him um in the sense that I think they know they wouldn't get another top coach and another chance. Um, And and as far as Poch has has shown, I feel that maybe he, maybe he did sign off and say, look, if Gallagher is desperate to leave, you can go. That's all I'm, that's all I'm thinking here. Now, the reason I support the new ownership is because I see a strategy and by the end of Roman, I I saw absolutely none. And while it was never certain that this approach of getting in young players is going to work, I do feel as though our new ownership will take us to success. But whether that success comes, you know, as a result of them being forced to be pragmatic about this strategy of bringing in young players, I think that that might well be the case. And it may. It's very likely that we will need to be kind of pragmatic and say, do you know what, we are going to need to going to need to sacrifice this very, um, you know, this very distinct project. But honestly, honestly, Ryan, I know I've not been very, very clear in answering your question, but as far as I. I can see Poch needed considerable reassurance for joining the club. And yes, he did make it clear he wanted more experienced players to stay. 
but I can't see on the part of either Poch or the part of the ownership a rift or a um, like divide kind of going on because they are, you know, there is too much at stake for both. Because if Poch fails at Chelsea, I think it's fair to say, you know, he, he he's now had two top jobs since Spurs. And if it fails for the ownership, I'm not sure they'll get another top coach. So you're right. It is a funny relationship to analyse, but there's too much at stake for it to fail, in my opinion. I don't know what you think on that, Nick, though. I'll say on the project, I get, I said, I get the idea. I just don't agree with the execution of it all entirely. When we're signing a bunch of children from South America for 20, 30 million who have barely played any any senior football, just getting them in to what, flip a profit, send on loan to Strasbourg, flip a profit if there's a clear plan for the future. But then you're also having to deal with potentially dealing with FFP and that lot. And it would really, to be honest, it would really fuck me off if we ended up having to sell players who have a squad role to fund this signing of players to flip for a profit, potentially. Like, I mean, I don't know all these if all these kids we're signing from South America are, but not all of them will make it. And the, 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 no. some will be flipped for a profit. And if we end up sacrificing and selling players who Poch quite likes, even if they're not as integral, that will really piss me off, to be honest, because that's just like undermining your manager right then and there. As for the strategy, I just... I don't mind it. My issue is is attack is that, and I know that in terms of getting rid of senior attackers, I don't think any of us are really that sorry to see the likes of Kai Havertz go, Hakim Ziyech go, Christian Pulisic go, etc. But my issue is Raheem Sterling is our only senior attacker. Cole Palmer has played about 40 odd games of senior football in his career and we spend 40 million on him. For context, Mason Mount on two loans, two seasons on loan before he made his first team Chelsea debut, played double the amount of Cole, games Cole Palmer had played. I'm just a bit frustrated with it i get a bit anxious that the the way the academy is potentially being viewed that essentially it's just a load of sellable assets and i'm not saying we need to be pro academy but it does also make me go well we we've got this academy player who we're trying to sell for 40 50 mil and we're trying to bring in this player for 40 50 mil like is there a huge difference between this player we're trying to bring in for 40 50 mil and this player we've got who you're trying to sell for 40 50 mil they're just things that confuse me and it just really like as much as I like quite love the idea, I said I'm willing to be patient. I'm willing to kind of essentially sacrifice results for developing these players, but I just don't agree with the balance of it all. I just think like it's too in one way. Like I can't get behind. I know Nkunku's injured, but I can't get behind the idea that Raheem Sterling is our only senior attacker. I can't get behind that fact that Mikhailo Mudrik, at 22 years old, has played less than 100 senior club games of football. I can't really get Nani Madueke's played, I think, 100 or just over 100, and he's like injury prone, like a lot. I said Cole Palmer's played less than, I think he's played just over 40 games, and most of those are off the bench. Like, I'm, I get that they're talented players. I don't necessarily hate the signings, but I also hate that you're then just like throwing them all in and expecting them to click and work and develop because that's, I just don't think they're in the, you're not giving them the best environment to thrive and succeed. And I just think back to 1920 when we maybe did something similar-ish, but we had experienced players. You were throwing Tammy Abraham into that Chelsea starting lineup, but he had Olivier Giroud as well to deputise and help him out. We do not have that for Nicholas Jackson right now. We've got an, we've got Armando Brozier who's injured. 
you know, I would have liked us to go and get, instead of signing a Cole Palmer for 40 million, I would have liked us to go and get a senior striker. Not someone who's going to necessarily demand loads of game time, but just someone who can help someone like Nicholas Jackson out. Because in 1920, we had that with Tammy and Giroud. In 1920, you had a Willian or Pedro, and that's like Raheem Sterling in this situation. And it helped with those players. It just, in terms of project, I don't mind what we're doing. I just don't really like the balance of it all. And also, it's quite hard for me to, while all these players have my sport, it's quite hard for me to really be as big on some of these players as well because they just do not have a body of work to to me to justify the need for them. It's, yeah, it's it's interesting. As I said, I think, you know, in terms of the, the wavelength, that is interesting. But I think ultimately, as you said, Conor Gallagher did, doesn't seem was actually ever really that close to leaving for Spurs. Obviously, Matson a bid was accepted and then Matson said, no, that's great. That's what we want to see. And Matson was clearly at this stage less important to Poch than Connor was. But yeah, it would I'd hope there would be an alignment because as I said, we've just signed a lot of, you know basically what I'm and going is is I'm hoping just there is a let the spending decreases a lot in terms of young players because like it's all well and good Chelsea buying players to develop, but you've got to actually develop the players in the first place. Like if we go in January and buy this next up and coming winger, that will probably annoy me a bit. However talented they are, because we're yet to develop Mikhailo Mudrik, we're yet to develop Noni Madueke. We've got to develop Cole Palmer, like, and you can't like. There's got to be a plan, and you can't just develop all these young players at the same Agreed. time. That's my kind of slight worry. But it's essentially just going to be buying players because they're young, they're talented. You can develop them and like sell them on maybe for a bit. But the point is, you've actually got to do the developing yourself. There's got to be a clear plan, and that's where my issue with the strategy kind of falls apart. I don't mind the idea in principle. I just don't like the execution. Like I really like, I quite, I liked that window, and the last week for window was just unnecessary for me. I did not like. I'm, this is not mean to be big down on Cole Palmer because you know he's a Chelsea player. I wish him the best. I, I hope he comes good. I just do not think we needed to make that signing. Like it's a nice signing, sure. Hopefully it can work, but we don't need to make it sign. We were linked with that Noosa guy. I think from we placed with Antonio Bruder. Noosa. Yeah. I, honestly, I was delighted when he said no to Chelsea. Because I was thinking that's another young attacker you've got to develop, and you've and you've you signed Noni Madueke and Mikhailo Mudrik in January, and you're signing more wingers six months later. Where is the plan? Like that to me just screamed like no plan. So for me, you've got to develop these players first, which is why I said I like I like the idea of Poch. I said I in terms of and I know we've kind of gone off tangent sort of a tiny bit, but I like the plan. I'm just wary of the execution and the direction we are kind of going with a bit I can see a plan but I'm just not quite convinced on the execution and how it's come so far but obviously time will tell these players need minutes on the pitch you know now we've just got to wait for them to try and develop on the pitch but yeah in terms of strategy I'm not as big and look in terms of my stance on the ownership I've probably on this podcast been fairly lenient compared to probably a lot of people out there but they have also done stuff off the pitch which is annoyed me probably more than their ongoings do and in general oh, an ownership absolutely. off the pitch is probably going to annoy me with that you know the stuff they do off the pitch more than their sort of you know than their, their signings is to me the Chelsea Football Club is not just about the signings and winning games it's um, kind of about the experience and stuff like and I know I've said it before like removing the coach subsidy or whatever I can't get behind that when you're spending 100 million pounds of players and you're spending no. 20 million on a South American kid to flip for profit like cool just cut down on the amount of South American kids you flip for profit like it's not needed Stuff like that. There's just like little things that I can't get behind. Even like it's a it's a dumb thing, but 
all of a sudden, like choosing that Bryson the Carabao Cup is now 32 quid when for previous years, the Carabao Cup rounds were a fixed price of 25 quid. That's a seven quid difference. But that kind of stuff also just like pisses me off a bit that you're just going to change the price. Like that again, it just, that, that stuff is probably going to piss me off more than actual what they do with signings and stuff. But I can't get behind just signings for signing sake. And I really hope we turn it down a lot. I know obviously they made signings last summer and they're trying to, you know, trying to eradicate some of those mistakes and already removed a lot of those, which is good. But I, in terms of that strategy, I just hope it calms down a lot because if it continues on at this rate in terms of signings, it's not sustainable and it will not oh, go great. anywhere and it will not work. Uh, but it's a very long question. Um, who knows? Maybe we answered it. Maybe we didn't. We went on a certainly an interesting direction there. Um, next question comes in from Blue Army. Why is Cobble playing as left back? I don't know. I'm not Maurizio Pochettino. Um, it's like play him as a left centre back please we've kind of gone over it like just play players in their natural best positions get the best out and Levi Cobble can still do bits as a left centre back he can still can I, can I, can I add back. something can I yeah. add something though just 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 about the last point you make because because I because I, I agree with you on what 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 you said about the off-pitch stuff um I, and I want to make a point on this because I couldn't agree with you more on the coach subsidy. And I just want to say Liam Toomey made a brilliant piece today on the athletic, which I would, I would anyone of kind of your view, Nick, or any listener that has the same view talks about, again, Chelsea, um, the owners wanting to, wanting to spend two, two million pounds on two gold lions outside Stamford bridge. Yet the price of a beer at the stadium's gone up a quid. Price of food's gone up 15 quid. Price of a replica shirt's gone up five or 10 quid. Um, everything about the fan experience has got worse. Is getting, it's has, got worse it, since it's coming, hasn't it? It has got worse. I, considerably I, I, worse. In I my will opinion. openly say that, like, I, my fan experience at Chelsea has got a lot worse since these the new owners came in. Again, side point people may not care about this. There were people waiting for Brighton in the League Cup, waiting an hour and a half, two hours in the virtual waiting room in the middle of a weekday. Mm. That's not acceptable. Like the t- like in general, like uh, it does like, and it's a point saying, and I realize we'll, we'll get onto your question, Blue Army, but it is a good point you raised on the last one. In general, the ownership, I said, the, the reason and the reason why, if they're wondering why, like we're spending all this money, why are why are they really like us? Why are fans like because. Match going fans' experience has got worse since they came in. That is just mm. a fact, and it's a question considerably said, worse, noticeably yeah. worse. I would say, percent, hundred percent has got definitely worse. It has got a lot worse since they came, in. and that's kind of why. Like, when I talk to judge about the ownership, I'm that's the stuff I'm going to be more big on than actual signings and whatever because I don't go to Chelsea just to because I you know I demand us to win and I expect trophies and I expect shiny new the best players in the world. Like that's not why. I, care about it it's because i you know i want to have good fun my mates and the, the experience has just got worse since they the owners took over and that's you know obviously that has coincided as well with results drop dipping off but just the general experience has got has got a lot and, worse following chelsea and, 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 and a point on this nick too because because we had this conversation we did the post pod after i think it was a game at the end of last season yeah and we both said as fans when the results are as bad as they've been you go to games for the fan experience to see your friends, to have a few drinks and have a good time. And the thing is, if you're able to do that, 
the club get will, will get a lot more of a pass, particularly yeah. by match going fans. That's fair. I also think the match going ones... fans were very, very lenient, have been very patient and pretty lenient on them, given what happened last season, by the way, as well. I think they've been, the match going fans have actually been very good considering what has gone on the last agree, 12 or so I months. agree. I think on Potter, they kind of made it untenable. I can understand. I can understand why. Um, but 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 that that's the only thing. I, I think that they did kind of force I, him out. Tom, even with Potter, I think they were very patient with Potter as well, to be fair, though. Like, I mean, I know on this spot, I was more lenient on Potter than a lot of people when I was meant to give him time. But foot fans were very patient. I think fans were fairly patient with Potter, to be fair, given what they were seeing. Yeah. I think but, they but, were fairly but, patient. But I think that it's... But, but, but as I say, I, I, I don't want to go into a debate on Potter too much. But all I would all, all I would say is, as you say, everyone's wanted the ownership to succeed. And yep. the thing is, people can say, and I'm all for like, I'm not one of these people that would say match going fans have any any different. You know, everyone has the same opinion. Everyone's opinions equal. I couldn't agree more with that. But people forget that the match going fans are the ones that will be heard booing on Sky if we get a bad result. And if you annoy them, you are going to get... Those boos are going to be easy. You know, they're going to come quicker because people forget we've had five games with this squad. Yeah. And for what it's worth, I'm saying, I don't think the boos are necessarily... I mean, Chilwell was one who came out of the way and got booed. Those two boos and... I mean, I could be wrong because Ben Chilwell's coming off the bench was not great, but those boos are not aimed at Ben Chilwell. Those boos, I don't even think, are probably aimed hugely amount of this squad of players because a lot of them knew. I just think those fans, those are boos that fans frustrated that Chelsea can't beat Bournemouth and can't win away from home and they're just frustrated at the general mood at Chelsea, which then links up to the people who own the club. I, I agree with that. I mean, I think it's frustration that, you know, we've gone from being a club that competes to a club that has just not been good enough. And... But 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 the thing is that you know, and this is where I say, had we won today one nil with the exact same performance, yeah. I would have been delighted. I'd have sat here and said, look, it wasn't a great performance, but the only way this team's going to gain confidence is by winning matches. And the thing is, every game you don't win, it'll become harder, and the players will become more nervous with every game that passes, and. The the problem is that it, it's now going to become all more eyes are going to be trained on the club against um, against Villa next weekend. For me, the reason we played so well against Liverpool was the league table was reset, zero points for all the teams, and they just came out and had a go. But now, after five points in five games... If their decision-making look nervous today, it's going to be equally as nervous next weekend. Cole Palmer's going to be equally as inclined to not just take a shot and roll the ball, you know, over, over way of past it. And, I, and, I'm not, and I'm not aiming that at Cole Palmer specifically, by the way. I'm aiming that at almost all of our attackers. Um, so that's why I sit here and think to myself, just win, just find a way to win games. If you win matches, there's no booing, there's applause, the team will gain confidence. But at the moment, we're not even doing that. You know, the only game we won was a walkover against Luton. 
and we made a little bit of a meal of that. So it is a downbeat time, but I'm trying not to take aim at too much. Trying to remember that it's not, you know, this isn't a continuation of last season. This is a new regime, a new squad. We need to give them a fresh slate. Yeah. And I understand why people that travelled all the way to Bournemouth would be frustrated. Like, I, I'm not sat here saying you shouldn't have done it. But what I, what I would say is that I don't think it helps anybody in a funny sense of the word. And I know that sounds really yeah, kind no, of wishy-washy. It's... No, I get it. But yeah, I don't think there's a huge amount gets gained from it. But also, I think it's just fans letting there feeling out which is which which i get yeah it's strange anyway blue army we will we will sorry for that blue army we we you know we went on a we went back to the previous question we're going to why is cobble playing a left back i don't know potch wants to play him there as i said if he could play players in natural positions like i mean i kind of got to a tiny extent when chilwell was left wing that you got those two linking up but when you don't have chilwell playing that left wing role then fine just play a natural left back at left back but I know, Tom, just quick thoughts before we move on to the next question. I Yeah, I, I can't answer that. I, I, I can only assume it's being done to shoehorn in Thiago Silva. And I think Poch, Poch kind of knew that if he took Colwell out to fit in Thiago and play Chilwell as the left back, the heat would have been turned up on him considerably so I think he, kept, he he's tried to keep the same structure as previous games um, I don't agree with it I, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say I agree with what he's doing in that regard but if, if you want an explanation that's probably the best I can give and um, I guess something so, so, something worth reading out because I've just seen it from his press conference Maurizio Pochettino said the fans are disappointed because of the situation, but I am not worried about that because we really know what we are doing. Yeah. It's hard to know whether that's reassuring or not. I mean, it it actually is reassuring to me. A lot of people going, oh, it doesn't look like you know what you're doing, whatever, whatever, whatever. For me, I I hope Poch sticks with his plans broadly. Even yeah. if it means taking, you know, Colwell, taking Chilwell out, you know, out, out of unfamiliar roles, I mean, not out of the team. But if Potch, I feel we need a we 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 need a coach now that's just going to stubbornly stick to an idea of how yeah, he wants to play. Because again, for what's worth, I said last year one of my biggest criticisms of Potter is it kind of felt that he went away from what his principles quite yep. early on that Brighton loss spooked it but he, he kind of changed and look for what's worth I kind of liked three in a bit games of the five under Poch in the league like you know I like Liverpool I like the first half at West Ham I like Luton I liked chunks of today I didn't really like anything against Forest like so I've liked a decent percentage of what I've seen I've just not liked the execution and the results um next question we've got a few of these coming for people why can't we score goals? And I'll just combine this one. Injuries uh, and a lack of threat of a goal aside, what is our real issue with this team? Why aren't we gelling and being venomous? Um, confidence. Confidence. You got, And I said before, and I'll keep saying, there's a lot of young players. Like, unfortunately, these attackers, 
who we've got, who are the ones we're kind of relying on score goals, are kind of young and raw and unproven. There's not a huge amount of goals between them, not a huge amount of senior field players. So they're kind of still just learning game by game. And as I said, I, I said, I don't think it's the ideal situation, but it's the situation we have found ourselves in and we've just kind of got to persist with it at this point because there's not an alternative. But I just think ultimately it's confidence and experience because I think in time that will that will come and we're just we're just seeing it laid out more broadly. And I'll, because whatever you thought of Chelsea's attacking issues in the past, these last two seasons with more young players have really brought it home so far. Well, all the criticisms people had back in the day of a Willian, a Pedro, etc., You'd kill for them right now on this team. You would. Kill I for... actually wouldn't. I you wouldn't. wouldn't. You wouldn't. No. All. I want to see these young players grow. Yeah, but Tom, there's no ba- Tom. This is my point, though. There's no balance, though, because it's just all young players. Like as I said, you can like it's Sterling, and then just like the rest. But if you put a Willian in this team, you could bring him off the bench. You, do. you could bring Willian in this team right now. Would get more goals than. Mudrick would get more goals in this team than Madueke. Would probably get more goals in this team than Palmer, I reckon. Do you know what? I, I, I'm i not saying, I I'm not saying bring back Willian, to, by the way. I'm not. But, but, I, but I'm just is, saying there's no, would, there's no experience, Tom. Like, you I'll bring, tell you why you I bring, You're chasing though. a game. You're chasing a game. You take off one young player. And what's the alternative? You bring on another young player. We can't, like, you're just going, oh, okay, this situation needs resolved. This young player's not been able to fix it. Okay, let's hope... This other young player can fix it. And yes, it's getting game experience, etc. But this is my point. But just not the balance. Raheem Sterling is the only senior target. If Raheem Sterling gets injured while Nkunku's out, like there's literally no experience. There's basically no goals in that front line. And this is kind of my point. This is why I would think for a Bolliano Pedro right now. Yeah, but I would rather see a young player have a go than see a player like a Willian or a Pedro. I, I'm, I'm actually not, I'm, wait, I'm not going to say Pedro. Saying no, no, no. I, I, I know, guys. I know. I'm saying Willian and Pedro, like when they're like you know still like well, an important first team member. Oh, oh well, I mean, yeah, Willian and Pedro when they're winning the Premier League, that that's like a that's 28. But like, even right? like a Willian, like in his last season under Frank, I'd you know take right now over someone like. And this is this is my point, Tom. There's not the balance isn't right for me in that in the forward areas. I think you can kind of get away with it in the defence and midfield purely because actually a lot of those defenders have played a lot more senior. Basically, because if you look at our areas of pitch, our most inexperienced terms in terms of games played is the attack. Our defensive midfield have actually played fairly a lot of, you know, senior games of football. Levi Cole was probably the most inexperienced defender out of a lot, out of our defence. Like, that is the attack for me is the issue in terms of game time. But yeah, sorry, again, we kind of gone away. But I don't, I don't fully disagree with you, Nick. I... I... <laughs> thing is i look at it and i just think to myself we are still so far from competing for the yeah, league no, do, I agree. And, 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 do, do, I, do you know what i agree i so wasn't competing i wasn't as much as a lot of people that fussed about top four top five this season because for me i didn't think we get to a four or five no 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 but for me it's like i just want to see us improve and develop a squad yeah. Because getting fourth every year really isn't that isn't no. all what it's built up to be. No, you you know I want to be in a position where we're competing for the league, competing for Champions Leagues, and the point is that it took people forget that they look at Arsenal today. Yeah, it did Arsenal. Take them a while. Arsenal had that season. I think they had two eighth place finishes in a yeah. row. It it doesn't come from and those eighth place finishes were almost a bit deceptive in that they could have been a lot lower than that. 
I think the league is better now than it was then, yeah. But I sit here and just think to myself, if that's what it's going to take to develop a good team, unlike a lot of Chelsea fans, I'm kind of okay with that. Yeah, no, I get it. Because I look at it and I think to myself, we need... You can't win these days without a project. No, I agree. I just don't. I just said that as my issue is with Vance. I just look at nineteen twenty and I say there's a better balance in that team in terms of experience than there is in this team, and we still had a good blend of young players. And but and nineteen twenty no was an accident. To get top four. No one. But that was that. an accident. That season was an accident. That wasn't a project. No, that was but... a, no. As as in the whole notion of that squad, the way we played that year, it was it was an accident of history. If it wasn't for the transfer ban, yeah, we'd have never had a squad like that. No, you know? of course. But it, but on my point being, though, that did happen. And I think you've kind of seen how that went. That's for me, is a better balance of how you do it than this. Because I look at it and you look at how quickly those young players developed and how quickly they went on to become important. I think their development was accelerated and helped by the fact they had more senior players around them to help them. And I don't think these young players have those senior players around them to help them and develop. And I think their development will, will just be slower. But last I... year, but all, all, no, I'm all not, I would no, say to that, Nick, I'm is not... last year we had Kovacic, we had Jorginho. No, and I we agree, had, and I agree. Um, but... You know. No, I know. I'm just saying, like, the bands. But I'm still saying, Tom, you can still buy, like, this whole idea no, that I know, Chelsea I didn't want to buy. Like, Chelsea didn't want to go for James Madison because he was 25 years old. Like, that's a joke. Like, this whole... You've no, got to... I know. Like, I know. I'm not saying Chelsea should have signed James Madison, but this whole idea that he's got to just be under 24. Like, you can sign experience and you can have a role and you can still... Because by fo- you've got to, you you've got to like focus on the present as well. You can't just keep focusing on the future, the future, and future if you're not going to move forward in the present. And you can get these players to help and have a role, and then move on in the past. Like anyway, it's a my it's a minor point. I'm just saying I wish there were more senior players, particularly in attacking areas, to help us. And I would have preferred us to sign a senior striker, backup striker, Allah. Some not saying a not saying Olivier Drew, but someone like an Olivier Drew ahead of us signing someone like. A. Cole Palmer. But who knows? In a few years' time, I might look like yeah. an absolute idiot with that prediction. Who knows? We shall wait and see. But yeah, again, scoring goals, lack of experience, lack of confidence, just to reiterate, because again, we did go off on a tangent there. Uh, another question. Oh, this is really lovely. Comes in from. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Barry, you think guys, you guys think Posh stays until Christmas? <laughs> wow, people are... Yep. People are down. Yeah, he stays till Christmas. I don't see any immediate threat of him going. Um, it would basically take us being in relegation zone, just above relegation zone, for me to think they'd consider sacking him. And I do not think that will be the case. That's a very quick answer to your question there. Um, and someone did reply under the tweet. It's not even a question. Too many answers. Shouldn't have got Vlahovic or an experienced striker. I mean, I'm not saying we shouldn't have got Vlahovic because Vlahovic is, is a young striker as well. But I agree. Two yard CFC. We should have gone experienced striker. I, I said, I can't, I can't get behind the lack of ex, lack of inexperience we have up front. Um, I'm just going through checking what other questions there are still to 
answers. Okay, there's a couple more. One comes in from Carefree John T. What needs to change? How do we pick up results? How many wins do we pick up with our run to Christmas? I mean, John T. In terms of what needs to change, I would quite like to see a team like that moving forward. The team we kind of saw today, obviously, I would prefer maybe Colwell for Silver, Chilwell at left back, or Martin at left back, whoever, and then, you know, kind of see more attackers on the pitch for a start. That would be quite nice. How do we pick up results? Uh, I guess by just journey building team. How many wins do we pick up with our run um, up to Christmas? So I'll just go through fixtures, Tom. We can just kind of go how we see it going. Aston Villa at home next weekend, I think, will be a draw. If uh, we're lucky. Yeah. I mean, they play a suicidal high line at points, which could be exploited potentially, but I think that's a draw. And I thought we'd draw that before the season started. Fulham away, I'm going to optimistic. I want to say we should win that, but that feels like that could be a draw. But I'll say we'll win that. I'll be optimistic and say we'll win that. Burnley away, I'll put down as a win because I think Burnley the way Burnley will come at us and they will play, and I'm going to hope by then we can score goals. Arsenal at home, I'm going to put down as a loss. Uh, Brentford at home. I mean, How geez. depressing is that, though? Well, I grew up when we played Arsenal. Yeah, I know. It, it's way the tables turn, isn't it? Which way Brentford mm. at home, I'm going to say draw a win. Tottenham away, I reckon we could get something, but I reckon maybe a draw. I don't, I don't think we'll get anything. Well, I mean, from we'll, see. we'll see. Like I reckon, because again, I reckon teams that actually come at us, we could develop. Like we saw Liverpool's probably, I think, the best performance this season. I mean, maybe Luton is better, but Liverpool came at us and we looked quite good. I reckon City at home would be a loss. Newcastle away, who knows? We always struggle there. I'd say loss or draw. Brighton at home, crikey, draw. <laughs> it is. I'm looking through the pictures. It's very grim, people. Maybe all I would up. say, Nick, all things I would can say change is... very quickly, though. Things can change quickly. Yeah. Right? We could easily go and result. win those games. Exactly. And the mood changes. And we One can good wins. result can swing. Remember, and I'm not going to say it's not the same, but Conte, I mean, that Conte first season, we won one, and that turned into two wins, to three wins, to four yeah. wins, to five. You know? And that's why I say it's all the more important to just win matches. It doesn't yeah. matter how. you just got to That whole performance, when we first, that first win of that 13-match streak, it wasn't a convincing performance. But what did it do? It built confidence. It got yeah. the team familiar with the shape. And we kept moving and kept getting stronger and stronger and stronger. I'm not saying that, that we're going to win 13 on the trot this season. That would be preposterous. Mm-hmm. However, I would say... I think we just got to take each game as it comes at this point. And, and you know, if we beat if we beat Villa, then let's let you know let's see what's going to happen. You know, a deep run in the Carabao Cup might help us, and I think we have a great chance of beating Brighton, given that they won't be playing their best players, given they have Europe. So, I, as much as I agree with you, you know, going through that that fixture list, yeah, I'm not confident about many of the games. But things could change. And also, like, again, I, this is a very lazy point. But also, Chelsea in 1920 kind of had a bit, after a, a bright, a slowish start, had a great autumn, then slowed down a lot. And then you people thought, oh, they're being fan of it. And then in the space of a week, they went and won away at Spurs and Arsenal. And that was like that team. And I'm not saying this, I mean, but it's just saying it can happen. Like, this team is capable, I think, of just putting something together and just like, Doing, I'm, you know, because people back then wouldn't have really necessarily saw us going to Spurs and Arsenal and winning necessarily, given how we were playing at the time. It, like, it can happen. Like, 
it's so hard to predict how many wins we're going to get because like momentum is just so big and things can things can change because honestly like yeah it, it could just change we could win and we could start looking good none of us probably expected spurs to have this good start to the season as they had and they're not going to they're not going to come close to winning the league no but they people control gonna, what they want they're yeah, but they've had better a, than a lot of us predicted i think They've had a good start, but it doesn't mean that they're not going to have a tough period. This no, exactly. Season. But I'm also just saying, Tom, that they can have a good start and then expectations and belief in them can raise. This is like this is my yeah. point. Like if we pre season get... pre season, in my opinion, gave some crazy, crazy high expectations. You know, I, I was seeing people saying we'll get third, we'll comfortably be top four. And I just sit here thinking, I don't know what planet they're living on. Uh, Honestly, yeah. I can't remember if it was one of the athletic podcasts. I think Duncan Alexander predicted Chelsea second, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I'm thinking like, oh, that's, that's not looking great. But yeah, no, it, things can just change so quickly, and we'll just see how it goes. Uh, the final question, which is just a bit sad, why should we care? Uh, it comes in from Gib underscore Richard. Why should we care? Because it is. The club that you have supported, I'm going to say in most cases for people, but you never know, people do change team nowadays. The club you've supported all our lives, it is a club that means a lot to us. It's a club that's more than just for results. It's about the memories we make along the way, the people we meet, the friendships we forge, etc. And I think, you know, that's important. That club gives us that. I feel that we're five games in, so, you know, hope is not lost. It's frustrating. And I think just given the way the season started, we sort of just come back down to earth a little bit more quickly than we would have liked. And we are missing out on opportunities to win games of football and put ourselves in a stronger position to achieve more things this season. Um, But, I mean, we should still care. Like, it, we're not stress i'm not stressing like i was for previous seasons about us being in top four which in a way is oddly nice i mm. like chelsea tend to ruin like i mean people i know this this might i don't know if you're people chelsea don't ruin my weekends like they used to people which i'm very grateful mm. for when i was younger they would ruin my weekend a lot and they would dictate my mood i do not allow chelsea really to dictate my mood sometimes like it can't be helped and it just happens but like, I still care. I still love it. I'm frustrated about today. I'm not furious. I'm not throwing my toys at the prowl. I'm not thinking, I'm not taking to Twitter.com or X as it's now called and saying, Mercia Pochettino needs to be sacked. He's a disgrace. All these players are useless. Like, no, because that's not really fair. Just like, <sighs> yeah, why should we care? I don't know, because it's something that's important to you. And I don't think you stop caring about something that you've kind of known all your life and that you love. Yeah, I don't think you stop caring about something you love, Gib Richard. Uh, simple answer. Tom? Yeah, I mean, look, I would support Chelsea if we were in League Two, and that's never going to change. Do I let Chelsea ruin my weekend? I probably do um, sometimes. I try not to anymore. I just try and take it each game at a time. But, um, you know... Yeah, I can see why some people are just a bit like. I, I, get, I get the frustration. That... I get the I get the disillusionment a little bit because it kind of is on the back of last season. And as much as I'm like, That's as it. much as I want to view this as a fresh start, as much as I'm kind of view this as a fresh start, there are some new players. We've got a new head coach. 
it's so easy so quickly to just think it's not going to change because of what we saw last season. There's ultimately there's not the evidence for people to really get behind and be like, oh yeah, I should be really infused. We can pick out moments in games and performances, but we also have five points, you know, from five games. Like until people see evidence, it's going to be quite hard for them to really, I guess, care in a sense. It's yeah, I, I understand people's frustration. I, I agree. I, I understand, and I'm not going to, you know, have a go at people for, you know, kind of being fed up and being disillusioned. Because, and also, just bring a point to a point, wider point that can also link in just to what Tom and I were saying earlier about how our experience as fans has kind of gotten worse since the new ownership came in as well. It does all kind of link together. Like, it's very easy just to feel like, why should I care? Because, as we Tom and I mentioned earlier. We feel, and I, you know, I'd be interested to see what other people say about this. But the sort of match game experience has worsened since the new ownership came in. I mean, maybe it's also, I think, post COVID as well. Who knows? But it just does feel that the the whole experience has got a lot less enjoyable. But regardless of that, I'm still always going to, you know, care about Chelsea. I'm always still going to, you know, always going to watch us play, watch our games, whether that be in ground or on telly. But I understand why people are frustrated in there just a little bit because it, you know, this is. This is not normal for a lot of people. Now, admittedly, I do not know the age of of the listener who asked, and there will be fans who've listened to this podcast who have seen Chelsea in a lot worse state than we are in currently. But I'm also aware there will be a lot of people answering questions who are kind of not used to seeing Chelsea in this state. So, it, look, it's a tough one. It's it's your club at the end of the day. It's kind of a thing. First, it's your first love, right? Your football club is your first love. So, like, I think you just always always care. They're going to frustrate you. It's going to be quite an unhealthy relationship. <laughs> throughout your life but, but, but it's but, 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 it, it the thing is so much as well but the thing is i don't feel like i'm entitled to watching chelsea win games yeah no, i true, just I want to watch chelsea and our fan base it is true i think as it is the case with almost every top club yeah. that there oh, yeah, is definitely a sense a, of like there is a section of people that are feel completely entitled to Chelsea constantly being top four, constantly winning. Yeah, and, and... I, I I don't need that to be happy. I would like that to happen. I would like that very much because it's very enjoyable, but I don't need that to be to be super happy. But yeah, it would be just nice if we could look a little bit better on the pitch than we are. But, you know, still going to care. I, you know, I watched the game today. It was frustrating. But I wasn't just like thinking, oh, God, this is torture, which unfortunately for a lot of last season, it did feel like. I do not have these mm. same feelings watching Chelsea this season as I do last season, which is nice. No, I still think that the performances are better than last season. No, 100%. Like, this is probably one of the better performances compared to last season, which granted is not saying much. But yeah, look, I get people's frustration. I know on this podcast, we are probably a lot more lenient uh, on things than a lot of people are. And we perhaps less mad less reactionary less angry maybe at points we you can't maybe relate to the feeling i and maybe guest share at points throughout the podcast but as i said i just can't let this get me down so much i i i just can't let i i can enjoy it chelsea and but i just you know it happens we move on once we've this the game is finished once i've finished and recorded this and then to this i will move on and i will kind of probably you know just just keep sort of up to date with any Chelsea news over the last week. I won't really think about this game or direction of the club, but the way Chelsea going in for the next few days. And then I'll, you know, be ready for Aston Villa next week 
uh, and then we will kind of go again. It's just that kind of type of thing, man. You know, it's something I would say as well. Uh, and sorry to go in because because it, it directly relates to this, which is I look at Arsenal and they had so many years in the wilderness or, or four to five years where they were in the real, real wilderness, you know, no Champions League or anything. And I look at their fan base now. And for me, it's so obvious that they are savouring the success their club are having. And they've not even won anything far more than we ever have because they have had to go through a team being built. They've had to go through more days like this than we've had. And people sometimes forget that. And, and they've come out the other side and you can just see the joy in so many of their fans that they're just, you know, they're winning matches. And it's not even that they, you know, that they didn't win the league last year. They're just delighted that their team challenged for it. And their team, and in some ways, it'll make our next triumph and, and our next generation of players that win things, it'll make it all the sweeter. I do believe that. And I do think that if we can knock a little bit of that entitlement away, I almost think as a fan base and as a club, we'll be a bit richer for it. Yeah. And look, as I said, there definitely is in time in that. And then obviously there is, and I definitely agree with that. I think, unfortunately, that sec, that is never going to go away, that, entire, that idea of entitlement from a lot of people. But also, there are also just a lot of people who just, you know, and as much as we try to be, you know, fairly positive, they also just, understandably, they've been watching Chelsea for the last season and a bit, and they've seen basically very little on the pitch to be positive about. And I completely understand why, their frustration that they're just going to be waiting to see and they can't really deal with the false, what they would describe as false positivity. Now, I don't think Tom and I, Tom, you and I have necessarily done that on this, this episode. I don't think we are ever really are like falsely positive, but I just think ultimately as well, people, there are people tired and I know people, and you kind of, the Arsenal point is great because the Arsenal fans are probably tired for a lot longer than, than we hopefully will be. But yeah, I think people, people are, people are tired. They're frustrated. It's take getting some just adjustment, getting used to, but, yeah, I think it's just kind of wait and see. Like Chelsea's Chelsea, it's always going to be there. Just yeah, I don't know. Well, I'm kind of rambling. I feel like sorry, people. I'm not even sure how much football we've talked about. This has sort of been just a more, I know, an emotional chat. It's I what we do. It's it doesn't what we really do feel. It, it doesn't really feel like we've chatted a huge amount of football. But to be fair, it was a huge amount of football to chat in the game. It's just a more a general how we're feeling, how we're feeling right now. And yeah, it was. Hopefully some people like some what we had to say. I said, again, listeners, I apologise if I kind of, you know, if you do not care for what I have to say about club coaches being subsidised or, you know, ticket prices or whatever. I'm sorry for those people who just follow from afar and do not care about that and, you know, doesn't really bother them. I'm sorry, but it is also a part of supporting the club. Uh, and it is just, a, you know, just funny. I'm sorry, there are people who just can't maybe, if there are people who don't relate to it or just don't agree, I'm sorry. We've tried, you know, hopefully throughout this, we've tried to be fairly balanced and relate to, to sort of a lot of people out there it's 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 tough it is what it is but look we win next week the mood's very different optimism comes back you know you never we're never far from a crisis we're never far from really turning things around we, we've just got to wait and see and hopefully Poch and the boys can, can get a result against uh Villa next week but unless Tom has any final thoughts to add we will wrap it there yeah I mean I I, I guess my my final points would be the, the the thing I love about this this podcast specifically is that it's it's always about the experience of the fans that come on. And I always feel when I come on your pod, Nick, 
that I can give my view of how I feel about the club at any given point. And for instance, what you've what you've spoken about about the coaches and the fan experience, it's important because if if, if you are a fan from afar and you can't relate, hopefully us saying this might explain why if you think that fans are maybe being a bit edgy too quickly or booing, you know, you, you know, something I'm not necessarily comfortable with, maybe why, why fans are getting very tired of it. And as, as a kind of fan experience, I think it's brilliant. You know, you get a representative sample of fans from almost everywhere on this podcast. And all I would say is, I hope as as a listener that that's something you appreciate because it's certainly something I appreciate myself. Yep, no, and it's nice and as well, you know, Tom, we sort of agreed and we disagreed a little bit or on, on various things, which has been, which has just been nice. But I think we all kind of, you know, kind of see and agree, understand what we're trying to do and, you know, kind of like it to an extent and like believe it's, yeah, it's been, it's been nice. Um, before you go, give yourself one last plug where people can find you. Povis98 on Twitter. Go on then. Drop me a follow. I'd really appreciate it. I also do content for DR Sports. We've got so many good creators on there. Um, you'll certainly see see folks like Matisse, like Fuad, who's a Spurs fan. All the Arsenal TV lot on there as well. Um, and I do some stuff for the BBC occasionally. So there is a Chelsea-related video coming onto BBC Sports probably in the next couple of weeks to so keep your eye out on that. You might be seeing a little bit of yours truly on there as well. Lovely, lovely stuff indeed. As for us, we are on Twitter uh, at that Chelsea pod. We are on threads about Chelsea pod. I know basically barely anyone uses the app, but we are on there. Instagram, that Chelsea pod, etc. I I do not mention it enough because on the show, because it's kind of a new thing I've implemented this season. There is an email address to get in touch with us. If you just want to like email, you just want to have a moan, you know, just about Chelsea or, you know, a longer conversation because obviously on twitter or x you are limited by characters and that's that chelsea pod at gmail.com that is all lowercase whenever i tweet the pod out any likes and reposts go a long way at the end of the day we are just chelsea fans talking about the one club we love and hopefully you know even if you've not maybe not you've come for a, a deep for a dissection of what, what went wrong against bournemouth day and you've maybe not got that but you've kind of just got a more general conversation hopefully you've enjoyed that as well but until the next episode everybody keep blue flag for- Sports Social Podcast Network.